Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. Our series on runaways, and today we're going to be talking about the person Moses. Mm-hmm. And Moses is a really popular person of the Bible, um, and there's there's moments of his runaway that that can be seen be looked at as really shallow at first glance. But I want us to really unpack his life, his story. And see how much it relates to us in this time that we're in, what you're going through. And I want to just start off with the the very beginning of Moses' life. It was when all of the Israelites were living in the land of Egypt. And in Exodus chapter 1 verse 22 says, Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people, Throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but you may let the girls live. And this, this proclamation, this, this law that Pharaoh made put a death warrant on every child born in Egypt. And it's, it's just complete genocide. And when you read just a sentence, a verse in the Bible, it's really, it, it doesn't always do it justice of the depth of what really just happened. I mean, every family, every child, every pregnancy, every, every boy that's born ha- is to be killed. Think about the emotions of the families, of the, the fear, the anxiety of every uh, Jewish family. Think of the, the, what the culture and the community in the, the nation, the Egyptians, what are their hearts towards the Jewish people? Are they confused? Do they feel distraught? Do they not know what to do? Do they agree with it? You know, this is, the Bible shows so much racism throughout scriptures, and you see that in this instance, it's like the peak of such a racist movement against the the Jews, and what it shows us is that the very beginning, even premeditatively, that Moses' life was attacked, Mm -hmm. and today we're going to read a lot of scripture because I really want to give you the context of the story. But the, I want you to keep this in mind as we go through this first part of the story, is that the things that prepare us for our purpose are the things that attack it. The very things that prepare us for our purpose are the very things that attack it. And so let's read what happens to Moses at the very beginning. Exodus chapter two, verse one through 10 says about this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. I want you to think about this for a second. I believe that every single baby is special and not every baby is cute. That's a fact. All right. There's very rare cute babies when they just come out. But this was a special baby. And she kept him hidden for three months, which shows that, she didn't, that this baby didn't have any colic, which is another <laughs> miracle in itself. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> 
But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the river bank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to go get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw that the baby and the little boy was crying and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess, should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She asked, yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother, take this baby and nurse him for me. The princess told the baby's mother, I'll pay you for your help. That's like the first level of food stamps ever seen in the Bible. And so the, the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. We now see the first foster care. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. This is where I want us to just stop at this first part, because... When we see this story, it is a bizarre coincidence that out of all the people coming to notice this special baby, it's from the very home that made the order to kill it. And I think that God has such a way of causing the weapons formed against us to fall back on the enemy. And we see that even though Moses was left to die as a baby, he had a purpose And I want us to resonate with what is going on in this part of the story is that I feel like there's a lot of people right now that are struggling with their purpose. And you feel like you've been left in this in this world, you've been left at your job, you've been left wherever you're at, and you feel like you're just waiting in the river Mm -hmm. about to die. And you feel like you thought you had a purpose, you thought that you were supposed to have life, but it seems like everything around you has deserted you Mm -hmm. and left you with no nourishment, with no help. And you may even be thinking that God is against you. You think that God doesn't want to help you, Mm -hmm. and that's why he left you there. Mm -hmm. And there's so much confusion that we get when we're wading in that river. And it's this like moment where it's like we feel helpless and there's nothing that we can do for ourselves. And the way that God causes things to happen is that, I mean, this is a baby. I mean, baby is not cognitive, right? But little does this baby know and realize that even in that river, that even though it was a a, a place of death, it was a place that was where it felt like he was going to die. He was put there in a, in like this bubble of protection So even though in the same way you may feel like you're in a place where everything around you is attacking you, but you don't even realize that there's something covering you and protecting you from drowning. And that even though it seems like you're alone, you have your spiritual sister, you have someone praying for you in the background, watching you and praying for you that you don't even know is there watching. I mean, if we were to really know the people who is actually praying for us, I think we would be blown away. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, to think about the, the random people that have come into my heart, your heart, and that we've prayed for, 
And it's like, I don't even know who this person is. I mean, times that, I, so many stories of times where people felt a random name come to their mind and their heart and they started praying. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have no idea what God is doing behind the scenes, even though it, look, it feels and seems like you're just in this river, isolated, alone, in your deathbed. Mm-hmm. And the, the very home that ordered the death of Moses is the very place that, that built him up that he grew in. And it shows us that the the struggles that we go through cause us to grow instead of break down. Yeah. And when you when you when you think about that as he's adopted into the princess's house, he got all of his schooling from Pharaoh. He got his education from Pharaoh. He got his upbringing in in culture and politics and government. He he even uh, some believe that he was even taught like governing abilities, being Pharaoh's uh, stepson in a sense, mm-hmm. and and that's what helped prepare him for his role of leadership to to for all of Israel. And in the very struggle, the very place that that attacked him became the very place the the play, the the source of his growth. And. I want us to, to look at whatever it is that we're experiencing. If I, I Guys, look, I, I know how, how tough it is and how difficult it feels in the moment. And after at the beginning, it's like, yeah, you know what? You're right. This is going to make me grow. Haters going to hate, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then after a while, it's like, dang, I'm drowning. Mm-hmm. Like, this, like, it's not funny anymore. It's not, this is, this is getting old. This is tiring. I'm exhausted. And... I want you to just find your encouragement in God once again. Find your strength in God once again. And, and really believe those promises that you feel like are dead. Those, those hopes that you feel like have died. Mm-hmm. And think, critically think, what if what I'm going through right now is really accelerating my growth for what I'm supposed to step into? You know, stopping right there, what do you feel about what I'm saying through all this? Yeah, um, I think it's really on point, and um, it makes me think of kind of a funny analogy or example, I guess, but um, it, it makes me think of like, you know, a lot of times we hear that example, you know, of the seed um, and the plant, and so pretty much what it makes me think of is mm. in our lives when we feel like we're in a dark place, when we feel like we're being attacked, when we feel like I w- we were abandoned by God, it reminds me of the simple principle of a seed that is going to grow into a plant. But of course, you know, you may have seen it on a coffee cup or heard it before, but where it talks about, you know, you put the seed in a dark soil and bury it. And when we do that, we, you know, know, oh, okay, we have to do that and it'll grow. We don't see anything for a while. But how many times have we felt like that seed? Like, oh, I have so much potential. I'm supposed to go do this. You know, Moses was a special baby. Yeah. He was um, protected by and, and hidden by his mom. So they had a very close, intimate um, bonding for three months. Like, oh, this is the life. I'm loved. I have everything I need. And all of a sudden... You know, it's completely abandoned. All of a sudden, yeah. we're completely buried in a dark place, isolated, with wow. nobody around us, lonely, feeling like all the potential in that seed and in our hearts is totally uh, thrown aside for dead. You know, and so it makes me think of us in those times that we felt like that. You know, yeah. you may have been on a high, like, oh, I'm going to do great things, like, I'm awesome. You know, people are encouraging me, and all of a sudden, it's dead like that. For whatever reason, our reasons are different that we're 
feeling attacked or feeling abandoned. But obviously we know that over time with water and nourishment, whatever that seed needs, that there will be a moment in a day where you see it just spring up. And it reminds me of our 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 more recent experiences with the tomato plants. Homer, I give credit to Homer 100% because he, yeah. oh my gosh, he started this whole like gardening idea. And I was like, okay, yeah. And then he did it. And he planted a random tomato we had and just put it in there. And we're like, okay, let's see if it works. And the moment, the day that we saw this little tiny leaf, we're like, oh snap, like it's working. <laughs> and then it started growing really big. And then one day it fell over with a storm or some kind of crazy yeah. wind and a big chunk of it tore off. And we're like, that's it. Devastated. We're devastated. It's done. It's broken. It's over. And then he was like, you know what? Instead of throwing that piece away, he replanted it and just said, Let's see what happens. And it looked all like dead and like, like, you know, (laughs) like out of it. And we're like, it probably won't amount to anything, but you know, hopefully we never know. And now we have dry bones, dry bones. And he believed (laughs) and he saw and he replanted it. And now we have two tomato plants. One that seemed to be broken and like thrown to the side, but he saw purpose, you know? Yeah, that's right. So I could go on and on, but my point is, is in the same way, like those are plants, like how much greater human beings that God has created with purpose and loves is he gonna to gonna remind you of the purpose that yeah. you do have and that when all seems dead and when all seems gone and all seems broken and and dark hello like there is something there that will yeah. grow and it will be beautiful and you know so that's what it makes me think of that example and the verse that comes to mind we shared it in our mom's group uh this past week shout out revive moms Good plug. yeah <laughs> holler if you want to be a part but um so we talked about that one scripture in romans and it talked it was two parts of uh, romans 8 i believe and one part it says is know that in so many words it said you know the suffering that you endure right now is nothing compared to the glory that will come from it so even though you may feel like you're suffering right now or maybe you've been in a season like that but it even though it hurts right now there is greater glory that will come out of that season if you just don't give up. And then it, it finishes off and says that God will turn everything around for good for those who are called and loved, uh, love God according to his purpose. And so basically it's saying everything that you go through, it says and it promises in that verse that God will turn it around for good. Yeah. Not just this fairy tale encouraging, you know, t-shirt you wear, but honestly, the Bible says that God will turn it around yeah. for good. So how much more in these times you know, just like the story of Moses. And so yeah. um, that's what it makes me think of. Yeah. yeah. That, <laughs> Sorry, well, I went on a little tangent, but... That, that was powerful, Lauren. And, you know, there's there's so much purpose in this story. There's so much purpose. And we can look at from the purpose of a plant, of a tomato seed, to, mm-hmm. to growing a broken stem, the purpose that can still be used. And there's so much even, you know, like that's a preaching in itself. And going into our next point, is that with all of this purpose, our purpose will become a giant problem if we do not purify our passions behind it. Mm. Our purposes will become a giant problem if we do not purify our passions behind it. And I want us to continue in this story. And before I do, I want to say what's up to Matt, Evelyn. What's up? Welcome. Glad you could be a part. Um, I, uh, Lucy, I see you there. Um, thank, uh, thank you guys for all tuning in. So now going into Exodus chapter 2, verse 11 through 15. This is when Moses is 
uh, older. It says, Many years later, when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. The next day, when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your friend, Moses said to the one who had started the fight. The man replied, Who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? Then Moses was afraid, thinking, Everyone knows what I did. And sure enough, Pharaoh heard about what had happened, and he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. When Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well. And so what this part of the story is showing us is that Moses pursued his purpose. He pursued it, which a lot of us, we don't take the step of actually doing. And the moment that there is a calling inside of his heart to do something, there is something that was stirring in him to leave the palace and go visit his people. And notice that he's, I mean... Think about this situation. He has been conditioned and, and even brainwashed to believe that the Hebrews were, uh, were not real people. That the racism even against his own people was ingrained in him from all the way from his childhood. But it says that when he saw how hard they were forced to work, it triggered that passion in his heart. There's something stirring and once he saw it himself, it stirred that passion. But then, this passion that was stirring was misplaced. Mm-hmm. And it says that he took matters into his own hand, and he tried to fulfill his purpose right there by killing the Egyptian. And notice how it says that he looked in every way, but only for another Egyptian. The Hebrews obviously are around and see him doing this. I mean, the Hebrew that's getting beat sees Moses. And so, what I see here is that Moses feels this stirring in his heart. He feels this passion. Mm -hmm. And with passion comes a desire for personal affirmation. With passion, with purpose, our our purpose has a natural desire to put us as the spotlight. And here I see Moses not only acting out of passion, but acting out uh, to show his strength among his people in a in a in a a show of impre- uh, trying to impress them, so it notice that the the connection that even the Hebrew makes the next day, who made you a prince and a judge among us? Why would he say that just like that? Unless there is something that Moses did the day before that that incited that kind of conversation to come. Moses had this idea of already leading his people to this this liberation, but it was all about him more than it was about the actual people. And it, it, what we see is that when, uh, when this passion was misplaced, it pushed him into a posture of doubtfulness and confusion. He went from feeling like, I know my purpose now, to, to feeling, I mean, imagine all the doubt and confusion when he realized, it says all, this moment of complete fear Everyone knows what I really did. Mm-hmm. I try to make a show of 
of what I was doing of of liberty for all and it's all about the people but everyone knows what I was really doing and all that fear overcame him to now he doesn't he's mistaken his purpose with his misplaced passion mm-hmm. now i think my purpose was all about me and it wasn't even a purpose after all and he's confusing the passion misplaced yeah. and so that purpose turns into so much confusion so much doubtfulness now he's second guessing himself like what am i really here for now that was just me wanting the spotlight mm-hmm. i don't really have a purpose and it it resulted in him retreating his position. Mm. He he was in a great position. I mean, at Pharaoh's house to to influence the people. He was a very, he was an important person. I mean, you don't just live in Pharaoh's house without having a say so to people around you. And he was in a great position, but he left that position of 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 good positive <laughs> uh, influence. And went to a position of retreat because of his misplaced passion. And when we, when we start following our misplaced passions, when it's all about me instead of our purpose, then it starts resulting into the opposite direction. We start going the complete opposite direction of our purpose, and most of us never find our way back. And it, it becomes such... A devastating blow to the amazing purpose that this story started with because not only was Moses attacked his entire life all the way up to this point but now it's become all about him and he's misplaced it and, and you know now I'm, I'm repeating repeating this idea about how our passions will mislead us from our purpose but what do you think about what I'm saying Lauren yeah I mean I definitely agree I think um as we begin to like um, desire to find what our purpose is or desire to find like, God, like what am I even here for? Whether it's for the first time you're really thinking about that or maybe you're at a place where like, okay, God, I've, you know, I've doubted it. I've, I've been in this hole, but God, I know you have something for me. You've given me life. What is it? And those are good things to desire. Those are good things to, to ask of God because at the end of the day, God is the one who, you know, created our purpose, created us with those purposes. But just like you're saying, like, it, it's very true that sometimes if we, you know, hear that one word from God, like, oh, you're going to be this, this doctor that changes the world. I don't know. It's a crazy example. But he, you, God, God will speak to you and God will answer those prayers and God will lead you when you want to know and when you pray those things. So he will, but we have to be... Um, cautious or not or careful not in a a fearful way but in a way of like okay god awesome what else does that look like allowing god to really unfold it because our purpose is not just this one word direction you know our purpose is not just this like here's the answer now go everything's good you got it under control you got all the details like you can do it but god wants to lead us in our purpose one step at a time one piece puzzle piece at a time and it reminds me of a puzzle it sounds silly but really you know our purpose when it comes to the way that god likes to in my opinion you know reveal it to us is like a puzzle you may not see the whole picture right now you don't even know what it is but all you can see is little pieces everywhere you know and you're looking at all these pieces and god is guiding you this one goes here this one goes here one piece at a time you don't just get them all and all of a sudden jam them together and it works and one day you will be able to see the beautiful picture that god has created for you right 
But anyways, I think so many times as like humans, we try to just rush it. We want things instant gratification. We want things right now. We want to be this big, awesome person right now. And when we want to rush our purpose, we end up getting like, you know, prideful. We end up following selfish ambition and we end up just wanting to be in the show rather than allowing God to fulfill his purposes in our life. And so, um, it just, you know, I've seen that before so many times and I think it's, it's just like kind of a, a natural like human desire deep in our heart sometimes. But I think it's definitely just like you're saying here, it's not, um, not the way that we should pursue our purpose in Christ. And so, um, kind of yeah that's what i was thinking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what i would you know the last thing to say about this is i really believe and i don't want to i don't want to use an absolute like saying always but most of the time a god-given purpose is about others yeah is about a person serving others yeah. and when we misconstrue our purpose to about to be others serving us mm-hmm then that's what like this situation is to where it's about it's a misplaced passion and we have warped the purpose to be a passion instead of a purpose and and we should not desire the spotlight but we uh, what we should desire is is to see people affected in in a positive way by our purpose i hope that makes sense of what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and um as we continue on um thanks uh billy joe hargrove for tuning in I'm glad you could be a part. Um, as we continue in into Moses' story, this is where it really gets good. Moses, so Moses leaves the uh, land of Midian, and he pretty much just ran away. Plug our series, Runaways. <laughs> um, and he, he ends up going there. He, get, he finds, a, finds a lovely lady, gets married, get, has a, a good relationship with his father-in-law. I mean, he's, he's really just... <laughs> left his old dreams behind and is settled into this new reality. And a lot of us find ourselves in that reality right now. And some people, like say as an example, get a midlife crisis and think, well, I need to leave my reality right now to go chase my dreams again. Mm -hmm. Just to give you a, a fast track to the end of the story, Moses keeps his realities now he keeps the family that he discovered even as he ran away and and he still was able to fulfill his purpose and his dreams later on so that's just a kind of like a bonus level Mm. so in in this part of the story exodus chapter 3 verse 1 through 6 says one day moses was tending the flocks of his father-in-law jethro the priest of midian He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses... Moses, here I am. Moses replied, Do not come any closer. The Lord... uh, Oh, sorry. (laughs) Uh, Here I am. Moses replied, Moses replied, Here I am. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face, because he was afraid to look at God. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that I want to unpack in this scripture. 
And what I want to start with is that this part of Moses' life, he's left his past behind. And I believe that what this, the, the symbolism here of him with the flock decides to go to the wilderness, uh, uh, decides to go into to the mountain of God as he's doing his regular job. And what I see here is that there is some type of curiosity that Moses has about his relationship with God. There's some kind of interest. There's some kind of something enthusing him, something that he's thinking about. Something is still stirring in his heart after all of these years. And he's wondering, God, what, what about all this? And you see this curiosity exemplified as he sees this bush and he moves closer towards it. And it says that God noticed, that God saw Moses taking, coming to take a closer look. And it just shows that the closer we get to God, the, the louder God will speak to us. Mm, so for a lot of us, we see glimpses of, glimpses of God throughout our days and these, these bizarre coincidences. And when we decide to get a closer look of those coincidences... God will speak louder to us. Yeah. But if we continue to ignore them and just continue to walk around them and just say to ourselves like, wow, that was crazy, and never really dive into like, well, is this really God? We, we don't get to feel the sensitivity of hearing His voice. Yeah. And what is, what is most interesting about this bush is that it shows that God's intended purpose for us goes beyond our tough circumstances and our bad decisions. The bush is a representation of Moses. The bush shows uh, something that was consumed by fire. It was engulfed, but it did not burn. Mm. And from the moment Moses was born, he was attacked. The moment that he tried to act on his purpose, he was attacked. And Moses is, is literally engulfed by the world trying to stop him from fulfilling his purpose, and yet he still lives. Mm. And in the same way, I really believe that God is trying to encourage some of you. You feel like you have been burned and that you still smell like smoke, that you feel the fire, that you feel like you're being consumed, but you're still here. You're still there. And, and God has been preserving you even with this fire trying to attack you. Yeah. That he's, preser- he's continuing to preserve you because no matter the circumstances of just the bad circumstances of the people around you, the situations around you, or even your own bad decisions, just like Moses had, he's preserving you because your purpose still hasn't changed. Wow. That's good. He still intends for you to fulfill the purpose. What he began in you, he wants to finish in you. Mm. And it is such a powerful thing to realize that God is not done with you yet. Mm. And even here, it says that Moses covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. The times that we are afraid to look at God is because of the moments we're ashamed. Yeah. The moments that we are afraid because we do not know God's heart towards us. Yeah. And we're afraid. Mm-hmm. God must be pissed at me. Yeah. He must think I'm disgusting. He must, he must think I'm, I'm a disgrace. I am so ashamed. And... It says that he covered his face. And at this moment, God calls out his purpose and lays it all out for him. I mean, talk about a moment where you're like, God, just talk to me. <laughs> I mean, this is what really Moses was 
probably thinking on his walk, on his normal day, walking the sheep, like, God, I wish you'd just give me a sign. How many of us have prayed that before? Yeah. <laughs> and and here God says, not only am I going to give you a sign, but if you if you take a little interest in the sign that I'm giving you, if you investigate, if you open your Bible, if you just pray to me, I will speak to you so loudly about the purpose I already gave you. Yeah. What do you feel about what I'm sharing in all this, Lauren? Yeah, I think it's really powerful. And just how, like faithful God is knowing that you know just like in this story like he no it wasn't consumed and it just makes me think of so many of us and so many of you have been in those places where you felt like you've been attacked since day one you know maybe you've been at a place where you could have died or should have died so many times that death was knocking on your door and you ask yourself God why did you even save me mm-hmm. you know or maybe you've been attacked from day one from the the people that you love the most, you know, the people you've been trying to get um, uh, approval from the most, the people that you've been trying to be noticed by the most, the closest family members, you know, maybe things have, you feel like things have never, ever gone your way, that you've had these desires in your heart for the life that you've envisioned and pictured, and you don't understand why it hasn't gone that way. And maybe you're even at a place where you're upset or resentful towards God because you don't understand why you're life looks a certain way when all you wanted was it to look this way. You know, imagine Moses, you know, just like you're saying, like he, from the beginning of his life, had gone through so many unfair circumstances, you know, whether it was totally had nothing to do with his actions, and some were those zealous, crazy moments where he did act out. But at the end of the day, imagine like how he felt just feeling frustrated, you know, like, where is my life going? Where is my purpose? How is this going to work out? But how awesome is it to know that even at this part in the story of Moses, like God was so faithful. He didn't say, Hey, like, come up to me. Let me like, let me show you my face. You know, he's and and pointed out all his mistakes and pointed out, you know, what he needs to do better. He's not doing enough or yeah, "Yeah, you would have been here if you did this or either. So many thoughts I feel like as Christians, we have like, well, if I did this right, then I probably would have been a lot further today. Or if I would have not gone in this relationship, like my life would have looked like this. Or, you know, so many times we have all these crazy thoughts of what we could have done different. But how awesome is this about this part of the story about God's like mercy and God's faithfulness? Because at the end of the day, like his purpose for our life prevails. And there's this verse in Psalms, like I think it's 138. And it it pretty much says, like, God's purpose for my life will prevail. He will never abandon me. Mm -hmm. And so I love those two parts together because sometimes we feel like he's abandoned us. But no, first of all, he hasn't. And second of all, it says that God will work out his plans for our life, not based on our decisions or our upbringing or the unfair circumstances we've been through, but simply because it's his purposes for our lives. And it just it's just awesome to be, like, reminded of God's heart towards us and like how compassionate and slow to anger and loving and fatherly he is towards us he's not constantly angry and wanting to just throw out his purpose and plan to us because we messed up yeah you know and so yeah that that was so powerful lauren and i love how you're like a walking concordance like you're always pulling all these psalms and (laughs) um but you know finishing up our our message today you know what i really believe Ending, ending this whole thought, what I really believe is that the heart of God is to bring you and every other person into His glorious presence and to be, fi- be the finished masterpiece He created you to be. 
The Bible, the Bible says that God is a finisher, mm-hmm. that He finishes the good work that He started in us. Yeah. And I love in the story of Moses that, and along with so many other people of the Bible, to where when He speaks to them, it's like in a moment where they're like in a big fork road, and they don't know what to do, and they feel like they've made a big mistake, and that their purpose is stolen, is taken from them because they've made a mistake. And I feel like God doesn't even bring it up. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it's just a, it's a, such a, such a powerful thing that God didn't say like, why did you go and kill that Egyptian now? Yeah. And, it, and he's, he's just like, uh, his heart is to really bring us into his presence, to bring you into his presence yeah. and to finish the work he started in you. And, and if we continue on, it says uh, I want us to emphasize this last part where it says he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. This is the moment where Moses starts. He really starts his walk with God right here. And it's and all the things, the things that he's feeling is humiliation, shame, uh, hesitation, fear, confusion, doubt. Those are That's what he started with God. That's a lot of us. A lot of us right now, it's like, man, I really just don't know where I'm at with God because I'm afraid. I'm, I've been super doubtful. I haven't. I don't even feel like God wants to talk to me. Mm-hmm. So much confusion and hesitation because we don't know what God really thinks about us. Yeah. That's where Moses is right now when it says that he covered his face. But those of y'all who don't know, what happens here is he goes back to Egypt. The nine plagues happen a lot like what's been going on here, right? <laughs> I mean, we had... The coronavirus, killer hornet, murder hornets, yeah. hailstorms, uh, snowstorms. Uh, it's been like crazy. Yeah. But all the plagues start happening. And and the people of Israel were delivered. And going all, we, we're leaving off in Exodus chapter 3 and jumping all the way to Exodus chapter 33. 30 chapters later. And... This dialogue is happening between Moses and God, and now he's on the uh, on Mount Sinai, and he has this dialogue between God, and he's saying, "God, you have to go with us. We cannot go without you." While before <laughs> Moses was saying, "You go and liberate your people. You don't want me there. <laughs> like I don't want to go with you. I don't want to go back there. You just go choose somebody else." And now he's saying, "God, I'm not going to go unless you come with me." Yeah, and. And at the end of this dialogue, Moses responded in verse 18 of chapter 33. It says, Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. Show me your glorious presence. And then in Exodus chapter 34, this, this great exchange goes on between Moses and God. And it says, I'm going uh, to pass in front of you and you're going to hear my name. And it's just like this awesome experience that Moses gets to, to, to have this crazy, miraculous like moment like with God. And it's just a, like, a glorious moment. And jumping to verse 29 through 35, it says, When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, carrying the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face had become radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. So when Aaron and the people of Israel saw the radiance of Moses' face, they were afraid to come near him. 
But Moses called out to them and asked Aaron and all of the leaders of the community to come over, and he talked with them. Then all the people of Israel approached him, and Moses gave them all the instructions the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he covered his face with a veil. But whenever he went to the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he would remove that veil until he came out again. Then he would give the people whatever instructions the Lord had given him, and the people of Israel would see the radiant glow of his face, and so he would put the veil over his face until he returned to speak with the Lord. What we see is a complete shift in Moses' character and relationship with God. Before, the only people that would see Moses without a veil were or, were the people around him, the people that he was trying to please. Mm-hmm. And the only the only one that he would cover his face where we left off was he would cover his face from God because of the shame he felt. And now we see the complete opposite to where he only shows his face to God and to all the people that, that he no longer desires to please, people please, he only desires to do what's right. He wears this veil. It's, Moses started with this walk with God, like I said, out of a posture of doubt, fear, confusion, and hesitation. And now we see him with his passions in the right place as he truly seeks God. And he, instead of looking for the affirmation from people like he did at the beginning, he gives his face to God. And he's no longer afraid or ashamed to look at God, but he's vulnerable and transparent with his Creator. This is such a beautiful, beautiful scene of how we see the finished work of God in us. How we can start so afraid where we cover our face. We try to cover every part of us because we're afraid of God looking at us. To where we, we almost get butt naked before God as we get closer to Him. Because we, we realize that His thoughts about us are good and that there's nothing we need to hide from Him. Yeah. That is the posture of Moses now because of the closeness and the deepness that he got to God because of the simple thing that he said, show me your glorious presence. That's all God wants is to bring us into his presence, to have communion with us. All of heaven, heaven is described as a marriage between us and God. I mean, that is pure, devoted relationship. And that is what God is saying He wants from us. Yeah. And it's just, I could go on and on. It's getting me all worked up. What, what do you think about what I shared, Lauren? Yeah, I mean, it just, it's awesome. It makes me think of just, honestly, the more that we begin to, like, um, learn about who God really is. You know, when we, I feel like most of us, and even for me, when we first begin to even approach God, this idea of God, want to learn more and have a relationship with Him, we come to Him with all of our walls already up, all of yeah. our defense mechanisms already active because of our experiences, because of the hurt we've experienced, the yeah. disappointments from people that we thought we could trust that we couldn't, you know, all of our hurts, all of our pains. And so when we go to God, we only see him through our experiences. And so it's very rare that people don't have active defense mechanisms up, walls up between other people, how much more God. And And it just reminds me of Moses and like the more that he began to really learn who God is and his heart, the more those walls began to come down one by one by one to the point at the end where he, just like you said, was completely 
naked in a sense, completely vulnerable. And I feel like, you know, we can kind of even feel like even as I think about it, we can really gauge where we are with God just by feeling we know like if we're 100% open and vulnerable with God and we know when we're not. If that makes sense. Like if you really just take a moment, like how do I feel towards God? Do I feel like I can be all of me with all of my baggage and all of my, you know, the great things about myself and the things that I'm struggling with and dealing with? Can I bring all that to God? Or am I slightly reserved because I'm afraid of what he's going to say to me? I'm afraid of what he's going to think about me. I'm afraid if I bring all of it that he won't want me. But as you begin to really discover who God is... And the truth that, dude, he can handle that. He's God. He created you and he knows what you've been through and what you will go through. He's fully prepared to tackle every part of your life. He's fully prepared to embrace every part of you, good and not so good. And he, he's not afraid of it, but he desires like as a good father, you know, as a loving father, he wants to just hold you and carry you and help you through life. And he's not looking to just just punish you and say go to your room give me your phone you know um and so it just it's just so powerful to just be reminded that um you know how god sees us and the more that we really discover who truly truly is and and i you know i really encourage you like if you're really trying to find who god really is don't listen to all the other voices out there all these random crazy things there's so (laughs) many crazy things out there videos youtube videos weird books i don't even know stop going to everywhere else stop going to these weird books and videos go to the word of god the bible is where you will discover god the bible it says that it is alive and powerful the it's not it's no it's unlike any other other book or youtube channel okay it is the word of god the breath of god and when you literally begin to dive into it remove those lies i'm not going to get it it's weird i don't understand it it's not even like that it is it when i began to read it it changed my life and so it did with homer and i know that it has a power to do that in your life too so give it a chance and when you do i really believe you will discover the true heart of god and those walls will come down and you will allow him to draw near to you as you draw near to him and i think it's beautiful and so that's what i think about um that last point you shared homer Thank you so much for sharing that, Lauren. That was really powerful. And I really love how you just pointed us back to the Word of God and how we really do need to read it ourselves. That's why like, I read y'all quite a bit of Scripture today. But the reason that we do that is because there's so much content in here. And we with church, we usually only get like a verse, two verses. And it doesn't give us so, the, so much of the context of yeah. what... God is trying to speak to us and you will you will confuse yourself so much more by trusting in a YouTube channel than just reading the Bible yourself read it first and then research the scripture through whatever video or podcast or pastor whatever but if you read it yourself first it will give you so much more of a, a, a preface when you hear it about it from somebody else. Yeah. And so I really love how you made that, that you drew that together. And with all that being said, guys, we want you to think about this last part, that God desires to bring you into his presence. And if you have not experienced a moment where you were brought into God's presence, or if you felt like God's presence hasn't come upon you, I remember when I first started trying to find God, 
and I was in a really dark place, and uh, spiritually, I was I was terrified. I it was such a such a, a dark time for me, and as I started pursuing God, I was still doing drugs. I was still doing everything I was doing, but I was trying to find God, mm-hmm. and I just started this journey and. Along the way, there was a day where I really was getting into it. I was reading the Bible regularly because I was like, well, this will be my church time. And one day I I went to a friend's house and we were smoking weed all day. But I said, hey, guys, I really want I I was reading about fasting in the Bible and I really want us to try it. And they're like, all right, let's let's do it. (laughs) And so we did a 12 hour fast, a partial fast where we didn't drink any fluids. We didn't drink anything or eat anything for 12 hours. And guys, I smoked weed all day. And so it was like a triple fast because that, what are the side effects of smoking marijuana? Mm-hmm. Do you know, Lauren? I've heard. It's yeah. cotton mouth, dry mouth, and the munchies. And so this fast was like times 10 for me at yeah. the time. Mm. And even in my ignorance and my pursuit of God, at the end of the day, when we're about to go to China buffet, mm-hmm. <laughs> sounds good. Uh, <laughs> never mind. But when we were about to go to uh, this buffet, we, I said, well, let's, let's just pray real quick before we go. And we sat down Indian style, and I just prayed. I don't even know what I was, I don't even remember what I said, but I just prayed for God's presence. And I felt the presence of God come so strongly down, the three of us, to the point where uh, my friend's wife just started crying and, and crying and crying and crying. Because she felt God's presence and it felt so good, yet so undeserved. Mm. And I want you to be able to experience that. But the first thing you got to do is is take off the the face coverings. Mm. You got to take off the veil and just allow yourself to be open with God. Show yourself to Him. And if you need help making a prayer to start that, please message us and we will walk you through it. But all you have to do is just talk to God. Tell them exactly what's on your heart, what's on your mind, and what you want. God, I want to know you. I don't really know how. I don't know where to start, but I do want this. Mm -hmm. I want to know what it's like to know God, to have a relationship with you. Jesus, be the Lord of my life, the Savior of my soul. Do whatever you have to do to to bring me into this presence. The Bible says that if you simply believe in your heart, and if you just say it with your mouth, that, that that Jesus is who He said He said He is, then you're going to start this journey. We love you so much, and we really pray that this was an edifying time for you. And uh, we're so excited about what God is doing in your life, what God is doing in Gravetop Church. And please remember, this next week, we're starting uh, these online groups and these home groups next weekend. If you want to be a part of either one, just message us so that we can get you involved, so that you can get plugged in, because we need community. We need it so bad. And so uh, be sure to shoot us a message. With that being said, we love y'all so much. Thank you all for tuning in. Crystal, Thanks. uh, thank you for uh, being a part. Lucy, Matt, uh, Evelyn, Billy Joe. Um, uh, Thank all of you guys. Paola. Thank you guys for for tuning in, being a part, and uh, we'll see y'all next time. Bye, guys. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. 
First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.